0: really could not have imagined the overwhelming support and just love that I've been given by the community and the outpouring support. My name is Mary Rebecca Reyes and I am an alumna from the Art and Art History Specialist Joint Program between University of Toronto Mississauga and Sheridan College. People actually genuinely appreciate the film and want to continue supporting us. It really means the world.
1: I think art is like love in the sense that it is limitless. Art Mm -hmm. is infinite. Like, there is no cap or barrier to it. I am Romario Rez, Mary's brother. I'm a freelance artist, and I want to try to dip my feet in filmmaking. And it's the (laughs) same thing with love. Like, love could be just the same. There are no boundaries to it.
2: Community support, love, and art. Hello, and welcome to View to the U, an eye on the UTM academic community. I'm Carla DiMarco at U of T Mississauga. View to the U is a monthly podcast that will feature UTM faculty members and students from a range of disciplines who will illuminate some of the inner workings of UTM science labs, enlighten the social sciences and humanities hubs on campus, and put a spotlight on our academic community at large. On the new season called UTM in the Community, I will introduce you to some of the people from our vibrant and ever-growing scholarly community, from some of our UTM faculty members and leadership team, to students who are making an impact with various communities, both at the local level and on a global scale. On today's episode of View to the U, my guests are Mary Rebecca Reyes and Romario Reyes, a sister and brother team And a truly dynamic duo short drop a short film they made together romario was the writer and director with mary rebecca serving as the executive producer has recently made the rounds at film festivals over the past few months notably the film and folklore festival in trinidad and tobago as well as the caribbean tales international film festival in toronto and Short Drop will be celebrated at a special watch party at UTM on October 25th, 2023. This is also a view to the U first in featuring two filmmakers, but also strictly an alumna too. Mary Rebecca graduated from U of T last year and returned to her homeland of Trinidad and Tobago. Over the course of this interview, I get the chance to chat with Mary Rebecca and Romario about their film Short Drop, art and creativity, as well as the ins and outs of working on creative projects with family, and what's on the horizon for them both. They also talk about the long line of artists they stem from, and how family has been a significant part of their community, influencing and contributing to their creative pursuits throughout their lives. In sum, we ended up having a very rich conversation about art, family, and love, and believe me, with all the upheaval happening in the world right now, this chat and revisiting it to do the edit was like a bomb for the soul and very much something I delighted in listening to. I hope you similarly derive some serenity and inspiration from this fantastic and creative team. Mary Rebecca Reyes is based in Trinidad and Tobago, where she works as an artist, an academic, and a film producer. She is a U of T Mississauga alumna based in the Department of Visual Studies. She graduated in 2022 with an Honors Bachelor of Arts in Art and Art History from U of T and a degree from Sheridan. Romario Reyes is an artist, animator, and film director. He is based in Port of Spain in Trinidad and Tobago. Just a note, Mary Rebecca Reyes is known professionally as Mary Rebecca, but many in her close circle and family including Romario, call her Mary. And I may have slipped a couple times saying the same over the course of this interview, so I just wanted to point to the discrepancy with her name. I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit about this project, how it came to be, both your part in it as executive producer, and I would like to know what short drop means. So if you could get into a little bit of all of that, that would be great.
0: Well, after my final year graduating, which was in 2022, I came back to Trinidad and Tobago, where I am from, and I just wanted to get my feet into something and just jump right into a project and come in from a family of artists being raised in my wonderful family it was just natural to be discussing ideas with my brother and he brought this project to the fall for me and I completely fell in love with it and I just said we need to produce this we need to get it done right now and that's what we did what I always want to find a way to support and build my family up build the people around me up and support just the creativity and romario he's my older brother and ever since i've known romario he's been telling stories and he has been just creating and very much producing at work he's literally one of the most prolific artists that i personally know and i see what he does and i just always think to myself wow the whole world needs to see it and i need to find a way to let everyone know about this individual named romario Reyes." So I will let him explain what the meaning of short drop is.
1: The title has different meanings, but one of the main meanings is in Trinidad, we just have a term for if you're going in a taxi or a maxi and the distance of like where you're going isn't too far. You will tell the the taxi driver that you're taking it short. Basically, that's kind of like why we named it that. Because the film is the duration of basically a short drive. That's more or less like why we named it short drop.
2: And then if you could just speak a little bit, Romario, about your process as a filmmaker. So who and what are your main influences and other filmmakers or things that you've read that have inspired you?
1: One of my like main main influences is a Japanese manga writer, artist called Kentaro Miro. He's like my biggest inspiration. He did something called Bazook and it influences me like heavily in everything that I do. And I deeply go to his work for Everything that I do, everything that I try to aspire towards, everything that I try to work towards has been his work. But outside of that, in the realm of film, Zack Snyder is my favorite filmmaker, favorite director. He did 300, he did Watchmen, he did Guardians of Ga'ul, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman. Again, he's a huge inspiration on me. I love everything that, that he does and he played a huge role on me especially growing up and just looking at this stuff as a kid. And then there's Scorsese. And then for this film in particular, as far as like the tone and the inspiration and like what I was like pulling from, it was from Breaking Bad. A lot of the elements and a lot of how I wanted the characters to be depicted or how I wanted the scenes to play out, it was in the vein of Breaking Bad.
2: And Mary Rebecca, I just want to go back to one point that you made about you come from a house of artists I read somewhere that your mom is a primary school teacher uh, but I just wonder what other arts are they visual
0: arts well my both parents are artists my dad he was a secondary school art teacher and my mom is a primary school art teacher just literally last weekend my mom won an art competition for a, a piece that she submitted and she placed third in it and she went to her prize given is she like a painter or a sculptor painting so they do mostly work in painting mommy usually does Work in watercolors and acrylics, and my dad usually does work in acrylics. But my family, my dad's side of the family, it's 11 of them, I think, and they are all artists in some shape or form of the word. My aunt is an interior designer, interior decorator. My uncle, he recently retired from being an art teacher as well. Like my dad and him are two of the prominent art teachers in the country, and their students have notably going on to win creative arts scholarships and most times they only offer like one or two for the year. I was a recipient in one of the years for one of those scholarships from the government of Trinidad and Tobago and my dad was my teacher oh. in, in secondary school in high school and then All my uncles are in some way like skilled Mm -hmm. artisans, you know, they could build anything that you ask them to build. They could just make anything. It's because my grandfather, their dad, his name is Alvin Reyes. He was a sign painter and a sign maker and they all worked in his workshop. So that's kind of where it comes from. And then I believe his dad before him, which is Malcolm Reyes, he used to make shoes. We just kind of have it in us. And it has just been kind of cultivated by Alvin Reyes in that workshop. And then passed on to my dad, who's the youngest out of the 11, to then pass on to us. And I actually kind of thought about this the other day, where my earliest memory of my mom, and anytime I think about her, it's a painting that my dad did of her. That's still in our house. I would wake up in the morning. That's like the first thing that I see is this gorgeous painting that my dad did of my mom. And so, like, that's the image that I have of her whenever I think of her. And I think that that's like kind of like the language that we were just raised in and taught. And that is just kind of the language that we speak as cousins. Our family is very, very close. All of our aunts and uncles have a bunch of children and all the children were raised around the same time. And so we're all kind of like siblings and we just make art and talk about art and that's our life.
2: (laughs) That sounds so amazing. I'm totally envious of this upbringing. I think you learn so much by just being in that sort of creative environment and being able to share ideas about art and all of that I just think that is so amazing but it kind of leads into my next question about like what is it like collaborating with the siblings so the two of you collaborated obviously on this film together, but I'm just wondering and maybe you know because of your longstanding history of coming from this environment of creativity. Do you find this easier collaborating with the sibling that in all instances, you can be more brutally honest when it's someone that you know so well, (laughs) or do you find it more challenging to navigate? Because sometimes maybe you don't want to hurt each other's feelings or tell me a little bit more about that part of the process.
0: It's so interesting because I had a conversation recently with another producer, a producer in the UK who has this community called The Art of Production. Her name is Emma Willis and she's really nice. And we were talking about that same thing about working with family and what does it mean and (laughs) what are the challenges and all that. And one of the things she said is that when you go into a conversation with somebody, it's not just a today's conversation. It's like the layers of years that you've known this person and like what they did in your life. Like my brother's known me my entire life, you know, like he has like three years without me, but like I have my whole life with him. But what I spoke to her about, and I've been thinking about that question a lot is that if I had to choose and if I had to place my bets on anybody, like I'll place it on him. Mm -hmm. I would rather deal with the fights or deal with the discomfort or work through the relationship because I trust him a hundred percent and I want the best, the absolute best for him. And I want to go on this journey with like nobody else really, but my family. And it's because of this short film isn't the first thing that we've produced. We've been doing this all our lives and it's just now coming to the forefront. And now it's just took keep forging ahead and keep pushing forward and i really wouldn't do it with anybody else i don't know what he thinks
1: (laughs) (laughs) i agree Uh, when we did this project this wasn't the first one it has two others that we are still working on right now that mary greenlets and at that point in time i think it was like during covid i just had like all these ideas i had all these things that i wanted to do but I just didn't know how to put it together. Nothing seemed as if it was coming together. And I just had this faith in me, just do the work, and then eventually I would figure it out. So like, if it's a matter of money or it's a matter of meeting the right people, I just had to stop leaving it in my head and just working on it and just write it out. And that's kind of more or less what I did before I eventually came to marry about the idea. So I just had like these drawings or these scripts of different things. And then when I spoke to Mary about this one in particular, and that short drop uh, project that we're still working on, Mary was like, yeah, she want to produce it. Like she wants to work on it. And it was kind of from there where it would be the idea that we could do this. We could all do this as a family. And it was really from there where stuff began to snowball. And not too long after that is when short drop came up. I was telling Mary about how doable I think it is and how much I think I could tune it out at an appropriate time. And yes, she was like, yeah, let's just do it. As far as like, in terms of like working with family and stuff, to me, it's like, I I don't see any other way outside of knowing that we have a family of artists. Mm -hmm. To me, like, my family is like my best friends. And I don't see the point in really like working with other people or going out there to find other people. Because I think in my experience, like working with clients or just working with other people in general it have so many like nitty-gritties and so many things that you have to learn about them and it's like i prefer to have like the struggle and the drama with my family and Mm not that there is that amount of struggle or stress with my family but it's like why not work with the people that you love to me like I prefer it Like no other way My cousin Israel Silver He is our editor
0: And cinematographer at, And
1: cinematographer he, Special effects Yeah He did
0: our posters
1: And that's kind of A thing too with us Is that A lot of our team It is unlike It's one hat only Yeah So like Valdir Valdir He is the writer He is a producer as well So it's kind of like we do share a lot of the things so you know when you hear me as director don't think that is necessarily oh I am you know strong arming and it's like it's a collaborative piece
0: and I also want to say too like the work that we've done we've been doing productions since we were children (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know like we've been just different family iterations and I'm talking about like The extended family like having plays and doing dances and having fundraisers and fashion shows and art exhibitions and just every kind of aspect of art that there is that our family encompasses is drama singing dance visual art like anything we've done it before and I feel like it's on that foundation that we have built up ourselves and it's just from here that we just need to grow and I think that with every generation the people that have come before us this is an honor and, and it is our duty almost mm-hmm. and it's our privilege to be able to learn from them and to just do better and to ensure that the family continues to grow in a healthy direction
2: And I think this so much speaks to something that I read that you wrote, and it was something you posted on Facebook, but you referenced an essay that Romario wrote when he was quite a bit younger, I think. But you said that it created a world for you. And so I think exactly to your point that you're kind of creating and building these worlds together. And I just, I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) And I did see another piece of artwork that you did with the Blackwood Gallery at UTM in 2021 as part of what was called the Chocolate Series. And your piece was called The Three Graces and like now getting to know you a little bit better I totally understand that art has always played this really important part in your life but I also kind of sense a theme here but it might be a stretch I don't know there's like a destruction that happens in that piece Uh, it has to do with a relationship and I just thought like both Short Drop and The Three Graces there's like a strong female lead who's not going to put up with any nonsense or seen as frail or defenseless but I just wondered if you could comment a little bit about that maybe talking about this thread running through your work or a little bit more about that piece that you did when you were a student at UTM? sure. Well,
0: one, I love UTM and Sheridan and that program for being able to explore those parts of myself as an artist and to do sculpture and performance arts and just having the freedom to create my own studio space to do that. Two, I would like to clarify that, Short Drop was written by Romario, right? Even though there can be a thread scene in the sense of I connected with the work. I connected with what he wanted to portray and I just said, we need to realize this vision and that's the job of the producer. That was my sole purpose was just realizing his vision and bringing the art piece to life, basically. So in terms of that, I would say that just my shared interests and my perspective would have leaned in towards that. But my work in particular, like I have dabbled. I'm very much informed by my experiences as a Trinbegonian, as a woman in this family full of artists. So the art that I create is very much informed by those experiences. And so I draw a lot on like my personal experiences. In that case, it was dealing with heartbreak. And some of the pieces that I've done, it deals with folklore, characters. Some of the pieces that I've done, it deals with just What was happening the political, social climate at the time and how it was affecting women, like those are the kind of themes that like once something affects me, I'm a very emotional person. And to me, the art that I produce, the sculptures and paintings that I produce, it's kind of like I have to find a way to get it out it's more of a coping mechanism. Like I have to be able to get it out so that I could continue on <laughs> with yeah. life. And and that's where my personal art comes from. And that was my experience. That was kind of what UTM and Sheridan was for me. Sheridan was very much a place where I could use it as therapy to just make art, <laughs> make art and deal and cope, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think, again, probably going back to your point about being raised in this creative household and with lots of artists around, I think it really does make a difference when you're in a program also surrounded by other creative people and artists that being in that environment just sparks new ideas and and adds to
0: Yeah, it's just being in a space. What Sheridan did, it was kind of like adding people to my family, honestly, because it was you found people who spoke the same language that you've been fluent in and for your whole life. And then you meet other people and meet professors and meet some of the most amazing individuals and be around art. And you feel like, oh, wow, like they
2: speak the same language that I speak. Mm. That's home, (laughs) you know? Totally. Totally. So the film was in the Film and Folklore Festival in April of 2023 in Trinidad and Tobago but then more recently was featured at the Caribbean Tales International Film Festival in Toronto and that just took place September 16th at the Harbourfront Centre. But I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit more about these events and what it was like showcasing your film on this larger scale uh, and how the film was received by audiences or critics or your experience related to all of that.
0: I will speak on the Caribbean International Tales Film Festival. And then I want Ramar to speak about like his personal experience at the Film and Folklore Festival because I found it was very powerful and moving. And it happened when I wasn't there, so I didn't get to witness it myself with him. So I really want him to talk about that. But in terms of the Caribbean International Tales Film Festival, it was very rewarding seeing the film on the big screen and seeing the quality of our work. And it was just a huge pleasure to see the finished product as originally intended by the director. Mm -hmm. And it just really fills us with confidence for what can be done and what we still have to achieve, basically. And it's just something that everybody who was able to get their film inside of that film festival, they should all be really proud that it had this opportunity and this space to be able to showcase their work. It's just a moment to be really proud of and to say that, you know, it is possible we do have a voice, we do have a space and we can take up that space.
1: Yeah, the Film and Folklore Festival, in terms of like the formats that it was intended, I'm not overly versed in the depiction of film as yet in the sense that like we shot this on on iphone 13. every shot that i created or how it was done it was done in the intent that no this has to be done on the big screen it wasn't from that lens and it's because i haven't done it enough to say that no i understand how this would look on a big screen how it translates over onto the big screen but Seeing it on the big screen, though, and seeing how it works, it does give me confidence in terms of a better idea, in terms of scope, and in terms of, like, how it translates, and that it does translate well. And I hope to dive deeper into film more in terms of, like, what is the best resolution or the best aspect ratio. I hope to dive deeper into those things to say that I could fine-tune it to the point that, okay, this is more specifically suited for the big screen, I don't want to hammer in like the importance of cinema, like the importance of theatres. Not with the intent that, oh, yeah, this is just for YouTube, you know, like this is the best way or the cheapest way. But it's cool to see like how well it does play out. And I can't say that it was by design. It was like handcrafted with that intent. But Mm -hmm. as far as the film and focus is concerned, there were like two screenings. One, it was with my family. It was great. We came with a huge crowd, but Mm -hmm. there was a second time that it showed. And I didn't necessarily want to go because my family wasn't going. But I got a free pass, basically. And my dad and Mary were telling me to j- just go, just go and experience it. When I went, it had a, a kind of decent sized crowd. And I was just yeah. absorbing the film again on the big screen. And the crowd, it reacted in a ridiculous way. Like, it was overwhelming, like, how they reacted. And that completely, it shook me to my core. And, like, I was just in tears when it happened because, I mean, I had confidence in the film, but it, it was just something else to experience it and to hear the reaction of the audience. And it just shook me. It was just real beautiful. And it was just, like, one of those things where, like, you know, you, you, you don't want to do it. You don't want to experience it. But then the minute you do it, you get the payoff. You get the why of it. You get why you had to do it. You know, the thing that you least want to do is actually the thing that you're supposed to, like, headfirst into And on top of that, that second time, that was when we actually had a a proper Q&A. So I was able to say my part and the audience was able to ask me questions. And then even after that, the audience members came to like talk to me a little bit and take pictures and stuff. And it, it was just a real, real good experience. And I wish my family was there to experience that one as well.
2: That's an amazing story. And I am so happy that, like you say, you didn't necessarily want to participate in that part of the film festival, but it turns out to be so rewarding. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for engaging with your audience in that way, that they're able to ask you questions and you can just see that level of engagement. Like they want to know more and they want to talk to you about your film and your art. That has to be so validating, I think. Yeah. And I'm so impressed that you shot that with an iPhone. I never would have thought that. I didn't give as much thought to what camera that you would have used, but even just hearing that it was shot on an iPhone 13 is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, again, that's not no credit to me. Zach Snyder, he was going to do a course where he was going to teach students how to film by using an iPhone. I have this whole controversy of how come he didn't get to complete his cut of Justice League. Basically, he got fired from the production. And it was around the time when his daughter died. He was kind of on a hiatus for a little bit. And eventually, after a couple of years, he came out and he did a short film. And basically, after he released the short film, he said that it was shot on his iPhone. But he was just saying that at that point in time, yeah, you can make a film on an iPhone and you don't have to limit yourself not thinking that you need this amount of ridiculous equipment. You need this kind of studio standard type of equipment. And it's really from there is where the seed was planted for me because... It's not something that is exclusive to Zach in terms of that. Like, I've heard other directors speak about it as well, saying that you have a camera on your phone, like you could shoot very good quality films on a phone. And yeah, Zach basically listed out the equipment that he used, Mm -hmm. and it really was budget-friendly. And I did buy a bit of the equipment that he listed out. And again, I tried within the vein of what he did, and yeah, credit to him with that one.
2: Yeah, that's amazing. But I think, again, it speaks to just those artistic impulses and ways to be more resourceful, you know, if you don't necessarily have a big budget, you find ways to make it come together. Uh, Again, speaking to the creativity, I think artists are very resourceful people. Agreed. And if people want to see the film, because I know I watched it because I was able to still access it through the Harborfront platform. But if people wanted to view the film, is there a place that they can go or will there be a place that they can go?
1: I'll put it back up on YouTube and on Vimeo because it's showing at Caribbean Tales and Caribbean Tales did a contract with us so that it could be sort of like exclusive to Caribbean Tales. So we just have to take down videos for now. Once the contract is up, we will be able to put it back up and that should be around October time
0: and it will be up on liquid matter studios their okay. youtube is where it will be shown so short drop a uh, short film by romario reyes for liquid matter studios That is the media company that we worked with and worked alongside to produce it.
2: And so I just wonder then, where do you go from here? Is there another film project in the works, which I'm sure there is because you said Romario is so prolific, but I think it just sounds like you all can't help but being creative. What is on the horizon for you and what are you both sort of working on in Trinidad?
0: Well I am very interested in the marriage of my degree which is art and art history and so one of the short animatics that we're working on actually is kind of in that vein and inspired by that. Without giving too much away I'm really looking forward to that piece because it's more close to my heart I think (laughs) and we have a lot of work that's just being done a lot more projects and we're trying to do both animatics because your mario works with liquid matter studios which they do animation and manga making and just visual art in general so there's that vein and then there's also creating other short films in that kind of horror genre that we want to continue delving into to look at folklore as well because we're very interested and the film and folklore festival does this really well too is wanting to promote and translate the oral tradition of folklore Mm -hmm. into the media of film because that's what folklore generally the all the folklore characters that we have Elijah Bless Isukuya like Papa Boa Mama Delo like all these Characters, do end, you know, these are people that like we talk about them to have spooky stories at night, you know, when you go in, you tell children these stories and that's just the oral tradition that's kind of passed down. And so our approach is to breathe new life into these stories are somewhat fading away because people don't really talk about it as much and to revamp and create these new films out of it, basically.
1: Our folklore is told at a particular time and Mm. the storytelling, it hasn't transcended since that. So it hasn't reached this modern era. My argument with our folklore is that even if you were to tell our folklore right now, it would not be able to translate well because we can already know the ins and outs of them. And then also too, we don't know necessarily how they would exist in our timeline, in our modern era and that's kind of what I would like to do with our folklore is like I would want to show how they adapt to us how do they exist within our timeline right now and that's kind of what we went for with short drop with our characters like how to depict them in our timeline how we wanted to translate well and for the generations to come to understand it and then also continue to keep moving the story forward because I think that that's what's happening with the death of our storytelling is that There are generations that are going by where they don't know anything about these characters. So it is dying out in every sense. That's why it's so good that there's a festival from a folklore and Mm. trying to bring back... And Caribbean tales. Yeah, and Caribbean tales. I think that all those things are really things that people need to see and look out for. It really is important.
2: I know we did talk about this offline, but... I mentioned just how grateful I was to even come across this story and see this short film because I didn't know anything about this particular piece of folklore going in. And now I feel like I learned something. I really loved this film and I loved having this chance to speak with you and find out more about your process. And I only had one other question, but it sounds like you have so much going on. I (laughs) wonder if you had any other hobbies or things that people might not know about that you like to do to occupy your time.
0: Well, for me, since coming back from just finishing up my degree... I came back to Trinidad and Tobago with just like a newfound appreciation for like I just love my country and I love like being able to explore and just like have adventures and I just feel as though like Trinidad has my heart and Tobago has my soul kind of thing Mm -hmm. so I spent a lot of time in Tobago I moved there and I lived there for a couple months and I was just adventuring and exploring the island and going on hikes and just trying out different things like in Trinidad I started surfing and I just went and saw things for the first time that I have an experience. because I think a lot of the time people live their whole lives in one place and don't experience a lot and then tourists will come and like experience so much things and you never had that experience like this was the first time ever uh, my brother my dad like we went up to see turtle hatchlings It was the first time we ever experienced that and it was the most amazing experience ever. We went in Grand River up on the north coast of Trinidad and that was just an amazing experience and I think that like I've been actively seeking out new experiences in Trinidad and new adventures like and tapping into different aspects of what home is and what my culture is. And um, like just last weekend, I also went to a rock show and I didn't even know that Trinidad and Tobago had a rock scene and that there were like bands that play. And it was so fun to be able to experience that. We have like this amazing band called Insert Coin. And mm-hmm. I've just been doing things like that, like as much as possible going on hikes with my dog. And that's what I've been doing.
2: That's amazing, and it makes me think of that saying about being a tourist in your own city. But you're also making me think, and I remember, you know, a long time ago taking this course at U of T as part of the English degree that I got, but it was a world literature course, and there was a character that featured prominently in some of the books that we read. Chinua Achebe was one of the authors of his oh, book. Oh, I love Chinua Achebe. Uh-huh. They called it the Bintu character because uh-huh. a lot of times, like, a character had been to another place but then they came back home as this kind of renewed rejuvenated character because they had that experience of being away and then they came back. So from what you're describing I think you would fall into that trope maybe that you come back with this new perspective, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. There's one thing from studying in Canada aside from the cold like just the regular things people would think about When I came back home, I was just like, wow, I missed seeing the mountains. Mm -hmm. I absolutely missed seeing these mountains so much. Like, I love these mountains. And it's just things that are just very, that you just take for granted, I guess. And it just makes you very, very grateful for this life that I am so honored and privileged
2: to be living in this country. Yeah, that's amazing and then romario do you have anything that you have um pursuing that doesn't necessarily involve filmmaking
1: with other projects we were thinking about publishing to looking into writing a book but we were looking into like grant funding as well with our films and we're still looking into it and seeing like how possible it is or how does it work in trinidad and outside of that with hobbies and stuff, I guess it's more or less the same thing as Mary. But I just mostly devote most of my time to film and mm-hmm. all forms of it and I just try to dive deeper into it. And I guess more recently is I have been writing a lot more. And mm-hmm. I can't say that it was something that I was saw myself doing or being fond of because I wasn't necessarily a reader. You no, know, like I was not bookworm and I wasn't fond of it and even writing. I didn't have a good grasp of it or a good understanding. But the more that I got into film and the more that it became of, like, uh, interest to me, because I would say, like, in my younger days, I was more interested in the reviewing part of it, the criticizing film. And I I could just spend days just talking about movies, just going over it. And It was actually my family that started to point out to me, like, what about directing? What about, like, making your own? I can't say that that idea came from myself. And I can't say that it's something that, like, you know, I always wanted to do. You know, it's the same thing with like picking up a camera and that kind of thing. like All those things kind of more came from my family and it's kind of like they just saw it within me. Before I could have seen it within myself, it just came with the territory in terms of the writing part of it. I never really devoted much time or effort into writing. But if I wanted to direct films, I had to come up with my own stories. We had to make up our own stories. And then, you know, that's how we were able to work on it. And I think it was from there, my family would really push me to like think of something. So I think I've been doing that a lot more um, actively and recently.
2: I think that's amazing. But it also makes me think about something I've been thinking about recently. And that's how creativity takes different forms. So. You know, you're talking about the filmmaking. I know you do a lot of sort of thinking through these projects and probably a certain amount of storyboarding and scripting things out. And of course, then there's the writing piece. But I think, you know, even what Mary just said about going and exploring your country in a way that feels new to you. Like, I think there's creativity in that, but I just heard something recently where someone was feeling like they weren't being as creative as they were in their younger years. And, you know, this is probably someone in their forties and they had kids now and they just felt like they weren't devoting as much of their time to creative pursuits that they would like to be doing. But, the person who they were chatting with this person also happens to be a podcaster. And they said, there's, you know, a certain amount of creativity that comes along with the podcasting work that you do and you are doing writing for work. So like that is creative, but I'm even thinking like, because I try to find ways to be creative in my daily life, even though I don't really consider myself to be an artist, but I get very, very recharged by doing something creative. And I think Sometimes if I'm trying a new recipe or if, if I'm being creative in the kitchen or like just pursuing something that I just think takes a certain amount of, oh, I'm going to try adding this spice today or I don't know, you, you still feel like you're making something yeah, <laughs> that it, it feeds your soul, right?
1: I agree. And another the thing, like to me, I think art is like love in the sense that it is limitless. Art mm-hmm. is infinite. Like there is no cap or barrier to it. And it's the same <laughs> thing with love. Like love could be just the same there are no boundaries to it it's more like where we choose to restrain ourselves or where we choose to the cutoff point is more where your palette is at and i think it's the same thing with art like art you could almost go insane with how deep of a dive you could take with art because of like how many things art could trickle into the crevices that it could get into and to me it could drive insane or it could be scary or horrifying because like You realize like how much it can't stop at this one thing that you thought it was. And then all of a sudden it just keeps multiplying into just so many different things and then it starts to make you like, how thin can you actually stretch yourself? If it is you actually choose to dive into it. So I think to me, like that's one of the beauties with art and I think that that's why it's such a powerful concept and depending on the canvas or the tapestry that you choose to use, art is one of the most powerful forums or tools that you could use.
2: I agree completely and I don't want to put a negative spin but I do get sad A lot of the time when I see when, say, a government is cutting back on funding, it's usually the arts that are the first things that get Uh, cut. uh And I just think to your point, what a powerful medium and concept it is, but also how it just feeds people's souls that, you know, if we didn't have some of this artwork or film or things to luxuriate in or enjoy, you know, what would be the purpose sometimes of our existence?
1: (laughs) to me that's kind of the cool thing though like i kind of like the idea of being limited and yet still coming out on top again this is my personal view on things but because we are also in an age where we have so much media just the idea of like streaming services or movies and stuff there's like an ocean of it and it is like in your face every single day to the yeah, point that yeah. it could almost be eclipsing. it's like what do i look into today like any sense of like series and stuff there's so many that you could watch it could be eclipsing But at the same time, I don't think that it is eclipsing because not all of them are great. I don't think that every single piece of art that comes out is beautiful. I think that sometimes there are stuff that that are being churned out just for the masses. And it is watered down, it is diluted, it doesn't necessarily have substance to it. And for me, I think the time when it is you actually find the thing that does have substance is like the concepts of the greats or the masters. There aren't a million masters. It tends to be like a handful of masters. That's the thing about these limitations that we have. I think that when it is somebody comes out on top of those limitations, like, you know, in spite of those limitations, that's when, like, you find those masters because you'll be like, wow, how the hell that person do that with these constraints, with your hands tied behind your back, whatever the limitations are, like, your government. or.
2: I agree. And I think that is part of the challenge. And again, going back to, I think, the point I was making earlier about just being resourceful because sometimes you don't have a lot of funding or support to carry or see your projects through but i think the other part we're going to just talk about even thinking about art like yes there can be some good versions of it and not so good versions of it and it's always been sort of my feeling about art just eliciting some sort of reaction and so sometimes yes that reaction can be like oh this is terrible (laughs) or you know something that makes you laugh or something that makes you cry or moves you in a way that you can't even describe but i think at its very core it's getting that human reaction and that human connection for someone to feel something about what you've made i just think that's amazing and i feel like i totally felt something by what you've made and since watching the film i've thought about it like many times and i think that's really powerful to think that you've created something that would resonate and stay with someone that's living on the other side of the world that didn't even necessarily know this tale but that's amazing to me Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and it, it. Thank you. I'm so appreciative of you, of sharing your ideas and your time with me today. And I know I didn't ask all of the questions that I had listed, but I think that <laughs> you've both answered everything more than I could even hope for. So I'm just really thankful that you were able to join me today. Thank you. Of course. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you me. for this opportunity. Like, it really does mean a lot. Like, I really could not have imagined the overwhelming support and just love really that I've been given by the community and I really, really appreciate the time that you're taking to do this. Like it is an honor. Just the fact that we have the outpouring support from like all ends anywhere that we go and the, the love that we receive and that uh, it's not coming from just family. It's not coming from like this biased like place. Like people actually, you know, genuinely appreciate the film and want to continue supporting us. It really means the world. I hope
2: if anything, you know, people will seek out this film but also just be inspired to create and find ways to be creative. Thank you so much. Thank you. I would like to thank everyone for listening to today's show. I would especially like to thank my guests, Mary Rebecca Reyes and Romario Reyes. We spoke over Zoom while they were undergoing a heat wave in Trinidad and Tobago, and I was in my basement in Mississauga. But to say it was a sheer delight to speak with them both is not an overstatement. I loved talking about their collaborations, art, family, and community. I'm very grateful to them both and felt very inspired and energized by the chat. And yes, we spoke for way too long. By the time we were finished chatting, I had over an hour of audio, but it was a great conversation and I hope everyone finds a way to see their film Short Drop. If you are a faculty member or student or alum at UTM, please get in touch with me. I would love to meet as many people from our campus's scholarly community as possible and think through how to highlight people here. I'm back for my seventh season of podcasting at UTM, continuing on with season nine and UTM in the community theme. Also, if you can take the time to rate the podcast in iTunes, it helps others find the show and hear more from our great UTM academic community. Lastly, and as always, thank you to Timmy Tarantula for his tracks, tunes, and support. Thank you. We gave you so much work to edit. Like I don't know
0: how you're gonna put this edit.
2: The way that it's shot, and even the way like you've used red in the film, and like all of that, I just find it very spine tingling.
1: Definitely, <laughs> definitely horror or folk, I would say.
2: How did you do that last shot? <laughs>
1: I watched it like, a few times, and it looks like he's really getting... How we did that was...
2: Stay tuned. If Mary, Rebecca, and Romario indulge me, I'm working on part two of the conversation that includes a few spoilers if you haven't seen Short Drop, but also a bit of insight on some of the more inventive shots in the film, which again, cannot believe it was shot on a phone.